In a day of blended families and strained relationships, it's good to know that real peace is possible. Here's Trent Griffith. Have you allowed a wall of hostility to be built between you and your stepmother, stepfather, stepbrother, stepsister? It's complicated, isn't it? It is only in having your breath taken away by the fact that God has torn down the wall of hostility toward you that gives you the desire and the power to tear down all of the hostility and to remove all the walls so that we can all come and be peacemakers. Well, welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. So stop and think for a moment with me. What's the most difficult relationship in your life right now? Is there someone who, when you think about them, you feel something twist in your gut, or maybe your heart beats faster and the anger starts to rise inside of you? Well, if so, Pastor Trent is going to show us that true peace in our relationships is not only possible, it's what Jesus died to provide. And that is really good news. On Resonate, we're in the middle of a series called Breathtaking. It was recorded in the days leading up to Christmas a few years back. So let's listen to some highlights from last week and then go on with the end of this message. Here's Pastor Trent. I want you to see it from Ephesians chapter two. Let's start in verse 14, then we're gonna back up to verse 11 and work our way through the end of the chapter. Here is the breathtaking truth this morning. He, Jesus himself, is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. I brought one of our 75 nativities at the house. I brought it to church this morning. Do you you have some, how many of you have like 75 nativities at the house? We love to think about the peaceful scene and we've got Mary and Joseph and we have the king and we have the shepherds and we have donkeys. And of course we have the centerpiece, little baby Jesus. and, And the invitation is come and worship. Well, that's a nice thought, but what we have to understand this morning is There's a dividing wall and you can't even come to the place of worship until the dividing wall has been broken down. And before we this morning can in a fresh new way come and worship, we have to be reminded of what Jesus did to break down the dividing wall. The only way you have access to God is not by climbing over the wall, but God breaking through the wall from the other side. How did he do it? Verse 15 says, he abolished the law. The way you have peace with God is not by keeping the law, it is by God abolishing the law. He's replaced the wall with something else. The cross of Christ. In verse 13, he says it's by the blood of Christ. He's like, well, what implication does that have? Um, Just this, point three. Now, together, we can 
can live life without walls. Look at it here in verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. That's great news, right? I mean, we remembered what it was like to live on the other side of the wall. He's like, now there is no wall. You're no longer in that condition. You're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God. Do you know what that means? You're no longer friendless. You're citizens. You're no longer homeless. You're family. You're no longer hopeless, but now you're being built. You're joined together and you're growing. And every day is a new opportunity to be something that you could never be a part, living on the other side of the wall. No longer godless, but let this thought take your breath away. But you are now a dwelling place for God. Look at verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Do you see how we're built? What's he building? Verse 21, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Do you remember that wall? Do you remember that sign warning the Gentiles? Don't come any farther. You, you risk incinerating yourself. Do you know what Paul is saying here? Because the dividing wall has been broken down, there are no longer walls between us and the presence of God. As a matter of fact, the reason he's broken down the wall is because he wants to dwell not only with you, but in you. And you together, you and you and you and you, if you're in Christ, we come together and God is building this superstructure, not with brick and mortar, but with hearts and lives, not with walls and roof, but with the bodies of those who come and God dwells in us. Together, we live a life without walls. Now, I said all of that to say this. I saved the best part for the end, okay? I don't know if that's taken your breath away this morning, that there's been this dividing wall of hostility broken down and you have access to God. That ought to take your breath away. But there's a point of implication here in this text. The reason Paul is writing this is not only because of the vertical application, but because of the horizontal application it has with us. Together, you and I, uh, we need to make sure there are no dividing walls of hostility toward you and me between black and white, rich and poor, husbands and wives, parents and children. The question is this. If you really understand that the wall has been broken down, why is it that you and I continue to build walls of hostility between one another? Why are we living in the divided states of America? Why are there still dividing walls of hostility between black and white? Have you ever considered the incredible diversity at the nativity? I mean, think about it. Um, it we've got all these different characters here. How about, how about these guys right here? Do, do you remember the kings, the, the wise men? 
in the Christmas story. Do you remember this? You can read about it in Matthew chapter two. How many wise men were there? Um, where are you getting that information? Uh, the Bible does not tell us there were three kings. Um, it does tell us they brought three gifts. Do you remember the three gifts? Uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know your Christmas trivia. Very good. Okay. Tradition would say there's three kings, but we don't know exactly. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us, it doesn't tell us where they came from. It just tells us they came from the east. They came from afar. And so we don't know exactly where they, they were. We know that they, God had given them some revelation through some things that they were looking at in the sky and we don't even understand what all that was about. But, but this is what we assume. We assume the kings look like us. Tradition, church tradition, if you ever see artwork of these kings, these wise men, quite often you'll notice that at least one of these wise men is a black man. And um, I couldn't find a nativity set with a, a black man, so I got a Sharpie marker and I, I made <laughs> a more correct um, version of the nativity here. So um, now, now seriously, we don't know, but, but I would say this, more than likely, the skin color of those men was darker than most of the people in this room. And yet when we think of the people at the nativity, uh, they seem to look like us, Western European. In reality, um, everybody at the nativity probably looked more like Osama bin Laden than you. So why is it that we build walls of hostility between people that don't look like us? Why is there still a wall of hostility? If you had your breath taken away by the fact that God has broken down the wall of hostility between God and man, you would not allow walls of hostility to be built between black and white. Think about the diversity. Not only black and white at the nativity, how about this? How about the, the diversity of rich and poor? I mean, think about it. Uh, we think about the kings that brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Quite likely, there was hundreds of people in that entourage because kings don't arrive by themselves. And they didn't come riding camels. The Bible doesn't tell us that. They likely came riding Persian horses from the area from which they came. And so there's probably an entourage of these people with lavish gifts for the newborn king. And yet... Who else was at the nativity? There was this guy. You know who that guy is? That's a shepherd. And we remember that it was to the shepherds. Now that was the lowest of class of individual in the culture, minimum wage type job. And as the shepherd was out in his field, keeping watch over his flock by night, the angel appeared to him and said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth among those with which he is pleased. And these shepherds were the first to receive the good news. And yet, who did they all gather there to see? It was through the access that we, that we have because God has broken down the hostility between God and man. Therefore, we all come rich or poor the same way. There is no advantage. Young and old. 
I, I have recently spent some time talking to some pastors and, and, um, and their churches have gotten old. And it, it really is because uh, of a failure to appreciate that next generation. I love the fact that we had the, the young people up here and, and the fact that those of you that are older understand that if we don't reach the next generation, this church will die with you. And so we, we need to make sure there are no dividing walls of hostility. And if you're a younger person, if somehow you don't have an appreciation for the wisdom and the years of those who are older, and uh, so often we, we want to divide over young and old and preferences that young and old. But, but look here. I mean, look at this guy. I mean, this dude is ancient. <laughs> Maybe he's an old king. I, we don't know the age of the guy, but he was coming to bow down and worship a baby. Mary herself, I don't know what you believe about Mary. She was probably around 15 years old. And so incredible diversity there. And we need to make sure there's no dividing walls between young and old. How about dividing walls that still exist between husband and wife? Think about this. Joseph and Mary. Do you know that even within the Christmas story, we have to wrap our minds around the concept of divorce? Mary and Joseph were what we would say dating. We wouldn't probably even say engaged. They were betrothed. In that culture, a betrothal was taken so seriously that in order to break up, you actually had to file for divorce. Well, when 15-year-old Mary shows up and says, hey, 15-year-old Joseph, or however old he was, we don't know, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm pregnant. Joseph's in there like, I don't remember us being intimate. That would have only meant in his mind that she had been unfaithful. And in his mind, grounds for divorce, he began the proceedings, the Bible says, to put her away. Same word that is translated divorce in the New Testament. And do you know that even in the Christmas story, there was the potential for a dividing wall to come between a husband and a wife over hostility. What kind of hostility do you think in Joseph's mind was toward Mary the moment that he heard the news she was pregnant? In this room right now, the sad reality is there are walls of hostility that have been built up over years between husband and wife. And you can point to all kinds of reasons why she burned the toast, he came home late, he was flirting with someone, she was unfaithful, all kinds of different parameters. She doesn't spend the money right. He doesn't make the money. I mean, we could, we could make a big list. Whatever your list is, I've heard them all. Can I just let you know, marriages that end in divorce and marriages that last for a lifetime essentially face the same issues. The only difference between the marriage that goes the distance and the marriage that ends in divorce is whether or not you allow a wall of hostility to be built. The list of offenses that you have toward your spouse, the list of offenses that you have, you will either deal with them with grace, forgiveness, and forbearance, or you will deal with them with anger, rage, and hostility. The story of the gospel for those of us that come and worship Jesus Christ is this, we are so over, we have had our breath taken away so much by the fact 
that God has destroyed the dividing wall between me and him. He's treated me so much better than I deserve that I will not allow a dividing wall of hostility to be built between me and another person. And I will take the initiative to break down the wall that I didn't build. God didn't build the dividing wall between me and him. I built it, but he broke it down. And whenever a husband will say, I am gonna do whatever it takes to bring peace where there is currently hostility, that's a marriage that goes a distance. Why is there still a dividing wall between you and your spouse? If you would have your breath taken away by the fact that he has broken down the dividing wall between you and God, you would break down the dividing wall between you and your spouse. How about dividing walls between parents and children? Is there something your children have done to rebel against you, to shame you, to embarrass you? Kids, if there's something that your parents have done, you feel like they've been overreaching or overbearing, is there a dividing wall between you and your parent, between you and your child? If you would allow your breath to be taken away by the fact that God has torn down the dividing wall between you and him, you would not allow there to be a dividing wall between you and a parent. For some of you that are adults, you actually have parents that you're going to gather with at the Christmas table and it's going to be awkward because there's been a wall of hostility being built for years. Would you allow yourself to be breathtaking by the fact that God has torn down the dividing wall between you and him so that you would tear down the dividing wall between you and a parent? You say, but wait a minute, Trent, you don't understand my family. My family's complex. I mean, we got biological kids and we got biological parents, but we got blended parents and blended. We got in-laws and outlaws and trend. You just don't know what it's gonna be like at Christmas. I, I get it, I get it. How many of you have some type of blended family? It's just like, we're not even sure where these people came from or who's related and like, how'd they get in the family? And there was the death of a parent and then there was a remarriage and then there was a widowing and a third you know, generation. And we got cousins and, and stepkids and all kinds. There's people that have adopted kids. I, do we see that at the nativity? Think about Joseph. Joseph was not the biological father of that baby in the manger. He was the stepdad. Think about the brothers of Jesus. They were stepbrothers. And for any of those of you that think you have a brother or sister that was always treated like the perfect child, think about what was going on in the family of Jesus here, okay? I mean, can you imagine? You know, Joseph and Mary having a discipline session with Jesus' brothers. Like, why can't you be more like Jesus? And they're like, mom and dad, why can't you be more like Jesus? You know, it's like, that not that the whole goal of life is to be more like Jesus? Yeah, do you think there was maybe some hostility? Maybe some comparison issues? You think maybe there was some favoritism issues going on there? Is, it, is that what happens in your family? It's blended and it's like, I, I don't know if I can discipline my kid and I don't know if I should. Have I won his heart? Have I won the trust? And is, is all that going on? Have you allowed a wall of hostility to be built between you and your stepmother, stepfather, stepbrother, stepsister? It's complicated, isn't it? It is only 
in having your breath taken away by the fact that God has torn down the wall of hostility toward you that gives you the desire and the power to tear down all of the hostility and to remove all the walls so that we can all come and be peacemakers. What are the bricks that build the walls? Here's a few things. Bricks that build walls of hostility differences. We're just different. We come from different backgrounds, different traditions. We have different parenting styles. We have, we have different values. And all of them need to come under the Lordship of Christ. Different skin color. Um, right now in working with uh, uh, Pastor Enrique from Belize, his native uh, language is Spanish. My native language is Oklahoman. And we're having some communication issues. And I'm like, why doesn't he communicate better? How arrogant of me to think that Oklahoman is better than Belize. It's just arrogant. In humility, I don't need to judge whether or not it's good enough. I need to be challenged with the fact, am I listening? Am I learning? And am I loving? Because that's what Christ did, to break down the wall. He came to where I was. He learned my language. He entered into my world. And he loved me in spite of where I was or who I was. Fear. We're, we're afraid. Am, am, I, am I putting myself at risk by engaging a person that's not like me, that looks different than me, that speaks different than me, that dressed different than me and, and is older than me or, or is a different gender than I am? A pride in thinking that somehow I'm better than the person that, that's on the other side of the wall. Or, or here's a reality, bitterness and unforgiveness. Maybe you've actually been hurt and you've got legitimate reason why that person's not safe. Now, there, there's a, an understanding, there needs to be some boundaries in every relationship, but if somehow the reason that you have a wall in that relationship and there's still hostility in that relationship is because of your failure to forgive, you're only hurting yourself. It's ripping you apart from the inside. The way that walls are torn down is through grace, forgiveness, and love. And until you forgive, there's always gonna be a wall. Or it could be just simply, you know all of this and you know the wall should be torn down. You know you should be a peacemaker, but you won't do it. Well, that's just a hard heart of rebellion. This morning, would you allow the breathtaking reality that God has broken down the wall between you and him to have massive implications on the walls that need to be broken down between you and whoever it is that God brought to mind when we were going through that list. Who is it? As a matter of fact, why don't you just bow your heads? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Do you understand that God wants to make your heart his dwelling place? Do you understand that God wants to make your marriage his dwelling place? God wants to make this body of believers his dwelling place. And he wants to make this community his dwelling place. You know what prevents it? Walls of hostility that we build. And so this morning, would you release the bitterness, the hostility? Would you remember what we've said at the very beginning? He is our peace.
peace in your heart with God. Some of you may have never come on the other side of the wall and you're living alone, separated from Christ, alienated from God, strangers to hope, and you're living without God in this world. If you'll come this morning and trust what Christ did by his blood on the cross, the cross of peace can break down that wall of hostility between you and God by faith, opening your heart, trusting Christ. That's the story of Christmas. But maybe for most of us here, the most practical application is that we need to head out of here today and we need to make contact with somebody that's on the other side of that wall. Wall of hostility between you, a family member, a coworker, a former friend, someone that you used to go to church with. Father, I pray that right now you would bring to mind the people and their names, where they are right now, that we need to become peacemakers toward. God, we, in our humility, uh, thank you that you've done everything necessary to break through the wall of hostility between you and us. And so God, would you make us peacemakers? Don't let us live content with walls of hostility between us. God, only you can make this practical. Only you know the relationships that are divided, that are hostile, that are not what would glorify you. I pray that for every one of us, including my own heart, that you would show us what we need to do this week, maybe even around a conversation at Christmas with family where it's been awkward and hostile. God, would you put within our hearts a desire to love and forgive and forbear. I pray for husbands and wives that would not allow another brick in the wall, but that by grace and forgiveness and love, that wall would be broken down even today. Well, amen. Trent Griffith has been praying that you and I would be invaded by the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Is there anyone in your immediate family, extended family, or maybe in your local church that you need to resolve some conflict with? You know, God went to a great extent to break down the hostility between us and Him, and we should do the same with others. Maybe that is your main action point from today's program. Humble yourself, ask for forgiveness, and make some things right in your relationship with someone? If so, I hope you'll do that today. You know, one place that we get to hammer out the relationships that God wants us to have is with His people at church. And maybe you aren't even connected to a church. Maybe you've been thinking about going to a church for a while, but just haven't gotten around to it. Well, now is the time. If you're anywhere near Granger, Indiana or Elkhart County, Indiana, I'd encourage you to check out Gospel City Church. For more information about service times and locations, just go to mygospelcity.org. Again, that's mygospelcity.org. 
And be sure to follow us on Facebook by searching for Gospel City Church. Well, do you love a good mystery? Next week, Pastor Trent sheds some light on an ancient mystery, and you won't want to miss it. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's Word would resonate in your heart and in your relationships this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Gospel City Church. Visit us online at mygospelcity.org.